Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Take your Bibles and open them up, please, if you will, to the book of Ecclesiastes. And um, my intentions are not to be very long this morning. <laughs> I know there's humor when I say that, but really, uh, I really don't have any intentions of being extremely long. You know, I taught a Sunday school class of letting worship. Uh, I've said quite a bit and done quite a bit already this morning. I just want to share a thought with you. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse number 14. The Bible says, are you there? Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 in verse number 14. The Word of God says, there is a futility that is done on the earth. There are righteous people who get what the actions of the wicked deserve. And there are wicked people who get what the actions of the righteous deserve. I say that this too is futile. Today as we remember 9-11, well, I'll be honest with you, there's a hundred different directions that I could go with this message there's a lot that's already been said that's very applicable to this day, to this hour, to all of our lives. Whether it's the actual event of 9-11 that we are remembering and those that were brutally killed, murdered, and then those that gave their life, those firefighters and police officers running in that burning building to try to rescue some. And then those that died in the plane crashes in the Pentagon and, and in Pennsylvania. And as well as the men and women in our military and our armed forces that have given their life for the cause of freedom. Guys, I want you to know, I want you to understand that there are people in this world and unfortunately there are people in the United States of, of America that hates everything we're about. They hate our freedom. They hate our democracy. They hate our God. They hate our spirituality. They hate our morals and our values and everything we have stood for as a nation through the years. Unfortunately, there are people that hate us for that. And with that being said, we were attacked on 9-11, but that wasn't the first attack. There have been many attacks down through the years because people hate how God has blessed America. You see, I believe that the blessings of America come from no political party, whether Republican or Democrat. The blessings of America come at the helm of no political leader that may be seated as President of the United States. The blessings that rest upon America 
come as a result of the Abrahamic covenant that we find in the book of Genesis where God himself said to Israel I will bless those that bless thee and I will curse those that curse thee do we have chapter and verse on where the blessings of America have come from I believe we do in the Abrahamic covenant we have been and I pray we continue to be and I pray we always will be an ally of Israel hello those the Jews are still God's people he still made a promise to Abraham and he hasn't withdrawn any part of that promise he said Abraham I will bless you and your seed I will make your lineage as the number of the stars in the sky and as the sand on the sea in other words so large we'll never really have an accurate count of how large your seed I'm gonna bless the nation of Israel has grown and gone through much turmoil over the years many attacks but through it all God has never forgotten his covenant with Israel America is blessed today because America has been an ally of Israel and I don't I say that without any apologies whatsoever we as a nation we as individuals in this nation we must never ever turn our back on Israel it kinda scares me some of the maybe not scares the word it concerns me some of the news that I hear traveling abroad of our position with Israel and through the years we've never wavered on that sometimes I'm not so sure that we as Americans are really willing to die for Israel today as we were in the past but I want you to know that our blessings that we have as a nation as a country come from that and they ultimately come from the Lord the Bible says every good and every perfect gift comes from above comes from God he has blessed us and because he has blessed us there are people that literally hate us they hate our God they hate our Bibles they hate our churches they hate our worship they hate our freedom they hate our democracy they hate everything about America I've never traveled abroad I have spoken with many of you that have and I've asked you how Americans are received in other parts of the world and some of you have shared with me how Americans aren't received very well and that's simply because of the jealousy and the rage and the hatred that I think sometimes people around the world have but it really appalls me I am I am bewildered I'm actually blown away at how there can be people that live in the United States of America that are beneficiaries if you will of the blessings of this great nation of the blessings of God that still hate everything we stand for and everything we're about and guys I guess until Jesus comes and until we enter into that millennial reign as we preached about here several weeks ago I guess we'll always have hatred and murders and crimes and acts of terror you see you can use politically correct terminology all you want to but we are still in a war against terrorism I'm not speaking to anybody that believes that 
You can polish it up. You can dress it. It's still terror. And we are still in a war against those that despise us. We are still in a war against terrorism. May it be our resolve as well that we cease not to pray for our country, that we cease not to pray for our leaders, that we cease not to pray for our men and women that oftentimes are in harm's way to protect what we so much enjoy here in America, our freedom. So with all that being said, I'd like for us to pray together. And then I want to share something with you. Father, our hearts are very sober this morning. As we all reflect, we remember the image that still burns in our minds, in our brains, will never be able to dismiss it. The pictures, the video of seeing the results of one plane hit the World Trade Center, the towers in New York, and then actually seeing live video of another plane flying into the next tower that is so real in all of our images and all of our minds, we can still see it just like it was yesterday. Another image that came out that day of people that were literally jumping out of the towers. It was either dying the flames or jumping in their lives. And the image of that will never leave us. The images of the Pentagon, the images in Pennsylvania of just a hole of a missile in the form of an aircraft carrying United States citizens, some just going on vacation, some traveling for business appointments, some going to visit family. As you look and all that's left is a hole in the ground where the entire thing crashed in at over 500 miles an hour, nothing left. God, we remember the images and the stories that we have heard and that we have seen of firefighters and police officers that literally gave their life. As people were fleeing the towers, the images that we still remember of New York firefighters running to the tower. As people were escaping down the stairway, the stories and the testimonies and the images that we have seen of firefighters running to the scene to try to rescue one. God, we remember. The stories and the images that we have seen of post-9-11, of military men and women, as we saw live footage of the war and the bombs and our own people being blown up. God, we've seen all of that. We remember those that gave their life for our freedom. God, we pray for those family members 
that are left behind, that are grieving today. There's hope in you. But God, as much as we know that there are people that hate America and all that we stand for, help us to know that tragedies will just be a result of that. 9-11 seems to be the greatest since the bombing of Pearl Harbor. But there are many small acts of terror that sometimes are never reported, that doesn't get the attention that 9-11 got, that happen on a continual basis. Tragedy is all around us. I'm reminded, Lord, that you gave the world permission to judge us, the church, to see if we were true believers and true followers of you by how we respond to such events, by how we love each other. God, I pray that you would help me to share a few truths today from your word that could help each of us as we face, unfortunately, more tragedy and more terror that may still come. Help us to respond in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Where were you on 9-11? You remember where you were that morning? You remember what was going on in your life that day? You remember where you were that Wednesday evening? After it took place on that morning, we had church on Wednesday night at the old Victory Church building in Muscoota. Sent out word to everybody, we will have church tonight on Wednesday evening. I was amazed at how many people came. People really were kind of afraid to go anywhere. I remember later that day, the gas prices soared. All the news and the terror and what may happen next. And folks were living in fear, living in terror. But I remember that Wednesday night we had church. We just had a prayer service. I tried to share some from God's Word. And then we just gathered around the altar and prayed. I remember how the weeks after 9-11, how America united together. How so patriotic we became. Everywhere you looked, there were flags that were flying. As a matter of fact, if you went to the Walmart or any of the stores to try to purchase a flag, the shelves were empty. You remember that day? You remember that day? You remember when it was hard to find a place to sit? I remember at church on Sunday morning, Victory Church, we had, we had nowhere to sit people. I mean, at that time, we hadn't remodeled our auditorium. It was the old auditorium. We had those wooden benches in there. You remember that? And it was packed. We really had nowhere to sit people. People were flocking to God. Why? Because they were afraid. People became so united. You know what? It didn't matter what race, what, what creed, what nationality. Political agendas were thrown out the window. It didn't matter if you were Republican, Democrat, Independent. None of that stuff mattered. Did it? American flags were everywhere, hanging over the interstate bridges on every house you could see. I guess my question is, what happened to all that? What happened to all that? It seems like today, in the year 2011, on September the 11th, 2011, it's almost like we have regressed to September the 10th, 2011. Divided, fighting among ourselves. 
I'm not real concerned about God or the things of God or church. You remember what? You remember 910? 2011? You remember that? You remember 911, how it changed us? You remember 912, 2011? How people were crying out to God? You remember, and thank God, we had a president that said, pray? You remember all that? It seems like we've forgotten that. And I know we as Americans are very resilient. You know, we, we've been through our battles. We've had our knocks. We get knocked down. We are resilient people. I'm very thankful for that. But sometimes we become so resilient that we forget about God. We forget about patriotism. That's why I had Brother Mike ask him if he would lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Because I am one patriotic guy. I love our country. I love our men and women that serve, those that have served and those that are serving. You won't find, you won't find an, an anti-patriotic bone in my body. I love America. And I love what we've been built on, the Word of God. There's a whole lot more I could say. Thoughts just keep racing through my mind. Matter of fact, I started writing the other day, and I just sat down at my computer, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote, and I wrote for about, next thing I know, I looked, and two hours were gone. And I had about 28 pages of notes of things that I just wrote, just expressing myself on paper. I couldn't bring all that to the podium and share all that with you. But those are, some, those are a few things that were running through my mind. But how, I want to I kind of address this. I want to give you five quick things real quickly. Because there are people that hate America, still today, there are people that hate everything that we're about they, they hate our freedom, they hate our God, they hate our religion, they hate, they hate our Bibles, they, they hate our democracy. They just, there's people that just hate everything about us. And you need to understand that. I guess because, the, I don't know that that will ever change until the Lord comes. I, I just want to try, if I can, with the help of the Lord, to prepare you. Ecclesiastes says, futility is done on the earth. The righteous people get what the actions of the wicked deserve and vice versa. It's futile. And guys, I hope and pray we never experience another 9-11 to the magnitude of what 9-11 was. It literally changed our world and we all could tell stories of how it, it changed everything about us. And I hope we never experience anything like that again. But I do want you to know that we probably will experience another tragedy or two in our life before we leave this world, before we go to meet our God, and while we're living, we'll probably have another tragedy or two. Now, whether it be on a national scale or personal scale, we'll probably experience another tragedy. Are tragedies new? They're really not. Oh, I, I wish I could take more time, but I already promised you I was going to be kind of short, okay? You can go back through the Bible and you can see many tragedies through the Word of God. You can go in the New Testament in Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, and Jesus mentions a couple right there of tragedies that took place where you'll see that Pilate murdered some believers because they were worshiping in the temple and, and he went in and killed them. And they, wow, what's up with this? And then you, you remember the tower at Shalom that fell and killed many. And what's up with this? Tragedies. Tragedies really are a part of life, are they not? I guess so the question that I want to try to address 
and there are many that I would like to spend time addressing, but I can't. But the one that I would like to try to address is how do we respond? What do we do? How do we move on? Whenever tragedies or heartache or hurt or painful experiences in our life take place, whether it be on the scale of 9-11 or whether it be something maybe more local, like the murdering of Pastor Fred Winters at the First Baptist Church in Maryville that took place. You guys remember that? Tragic. Tragedies take place on a lot of different scales in our life. National levels, personal levels, community-wide, region, regional-wide. And as much as I would hope and pray that there's never another tragedy, I guess it's almost naive to think that there's not going to be one. So I want to try to prepare you. How do you respond? How do you respond to 9-11? How do you respond to these tragedies that take place in your life? Let me give you five things real quickly. And I'm trying not to get too wound up here because I know if I do, you're, you're going to be here about 45 minutes, okay? So let me give you five things real quick. Number one, jot this down. How do we respond to tragedy? Number one, we must release our grief. Psalm 46, 1, I've already read it to you. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who's always found in times of trouble. Why do we need to release our grief? Let me tell you why. Because tragedies always bring strong emotions. It doesn't matter what scale it is in your life. Whenever there's a tragedy, there are strong emotions that go with that. And just let me say this. It's okay to release your grief. Guys, sometimes we think it's macho and it's tough and it's cool and it's just being a man by, by not releasing grief. Guys, you need to release it. Ladies, you need to release it. You need to have those moments when you just cry out to God. Maybe if you have struggled doing that around other people, there at least ought to be a time in your own personal life when you just release the grief. There have been times in my own personal life, in my own study, in my own time with just me and God that, that I literally just broke down and cried like a baby and said, God, why? Whatever it is, on whatever scale it may be on. In Psalm 46.1, the Bible says that God is our refuge. Guys, we must face our feelings. We cannot repress them. We cannot push them down. We cannot stuff them in a closet. We must deal with them. Hello? 9-11, of course, has caused a lot of grief. And I think the first thing we've got to do is release it. We need to find somebody we can talk to about it. And here's something I've discovered. If you don't talk it out, you'll take it out on somebody. Hello? You see, you're going to repress it. You're going to stuff it back in an emotional closet. And if you don't talk that out, if you don't release that, you'll wind up taking that out on someone, whether it be your family, whether it be your wife or your husband or your children or a neighbor or a coworker or a boss, you'll wind up taking it out on somebody if you don't release it. So whenever we're faced with a tragedy at whatever scale, whatever magnitude, I think the first thing we must do, we must release our grief. Hello? And the first person I'd tell you to release it to is to the Lord. Take it to Him. He is our refuge and He is our strength. Number two, jot this one down. Not only release our grief, but number two, we must receive from others. Boy, Galatians 6 2 is one of the great one another passages in the Bible. And the Bible says, carry one another's burdens. And then in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. A lot of times, whenever we're hurting, a lot of times whenever we face a tragedy, a lot of times whenever we're going through something on, as, as the magnitude of 9-11 or maybe just a personal tragedy in our life, you know what we try to do? We try to run away and hide. We try to isolate ourselves. 
We try just to just ignore it, just get away and just hide and, and get away from people and you don't want anybody to know and, and you don't want to talk about it to anybody you just, want, just because I'm hurting. and Guys, that's the wrong thing to do. Release your grief and then I encourage you to receive from others. We as a church family, I hope and pray that we're a church family that really genuinely cares about each other, that really genuinely loves each other, that really genuinely is there to help carry each other's burdens. When we do that, the Bible says that we are fulfilling the law of Christ. And I hope and pray that whatever level of tragedy you may have experienced in your life or 9-11 or whatever it may be, I hope there's some place that you have released that grief and another place where you have received from others. You see, I think that's why it's so important to be not just an attender, but a member of a church. Actively involved. Getting connected in the whole ministry of the church. Why? Because we need each other, church. Hello? We need each other. I mean, where in the world do you go to? When tragedy strikes, we saw what happened on 9-11-2001. Our churches filled up. People migrated to the church. Why? Because they knew the church had something they needed. Yes, they had the Lord, but they also had each other. And we're here to carry each other's burden. So release your grief. Receive from others. Number three, jot this one down. This one may be a little bit more challenging, but refuse, refuse to be bitter. In Job 21 and 25, it says, Yet another person dies with a bitter soul, having never tasted prosperity. You see, there's some people in this life that absolutely have no happiness whatsoever. I mean, they are just bitter people. They live and die a bitter life. And usually it's because something happened in their life that, that they got hurt over. There was a tragedy on whatever scale in their life, and they got hurt. And instead of releasing those feelings, talking it out, sharing the burden with someone else, taking it to the Lord, which is our refuge and our strength. They chose to suppress it, to isolate themselves. And then what happens over a period of time is that we relive that hurt over and over and over and over again in our life. And eventually we get hard-hearted. Eventually we get cold. Eventually we just don't care anymore. And then we become very bitter and very angry people. And before we know it, we just have a nasty outlook on everything. Hello? I've seen people like that. And I promise you, God doesn't want you to live a life like that. Don't live this life. Listen, it's just a short period of time we're here. I mean, if, you, if you're blessed to live to be 100 years old, in, in, in light of eternity, that's just a grand of, of sand on the seashore. I mean, that's just a short period of time. Choose not to be bitter. And it is a choice. It's something you choose every day. You can, either, you can either relive all the hurt and the pain and be angry and mad and, and, and just hurt all the time and, and be bitter and hard. Or you can choose to release that and say, I am not going to let that consume me. I am not going to let that make me be a, a bitter person. Well, real quickly, how do you remove the bitterness? Let me give you three things real quickly. Jot these down. I don't have a slide for it, but jot these down real quickly. How can we remove bitterness in our life? Number one, Honestly express our feelings to God. Honestly express our feelings to God. I love to journal. And I've got volumes of handwritten journals. And now since I've been in the computer era, I have, I have what's called a Mac journal for my Mac. And in there I've got about three years of journals, the things that's taken place in my life. And I just vent. And we need to express our feelings to God to keep from getting bitter. Number two, we need to forgive those who have wronged us. 
express your feelings to God, and forgive those who have wronged you. And then number three, be content. Be content with where you are and with what you have. Okay? Number four, give me, let me give you this one. Whenever we're facing a tragedy, how do we respond? Release your grief, receive from others, refuse to be bitter. Number four, remember what's important. Remember what's important. I'm reminded in Proverbs 3, 1 through 7, it says, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways. He will guide you on the right path. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You know, whenever we're faced with a tragedy, you know what sometimes it causes us to do? It causes us to stop and slow down and evaluate. And that's what I'm talking about. Take time to remember what's important, what is important. Life, God, family. Hello? I mean, your personal life, you and your relationship with a holy God. And we saw 9-11, the weeks after 9-11-2001, people started reevaluating their lives. I mean, they flooded to the house of God because they realized, I need to get my family, we need to get to God. And whenever we're faced with a tragedy, I think it, it's a good time to remember what's really important. And then number five, jot this one down, rely on the Lord. Just simply rely on the Lord. Psalm 46, 1, I've already read this passage to you earlier. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. A helper is always found in times of trouble. Rely on him. I promise you he's all you need. Amen? You see, as we have a song of invitation and we come and prepare for that, I, I don't know what tragic event you may be going through in your life right now. Hopefully and prayerfully it's not on the scale of 9-11, but you know what? In your personal life it may just be. It may be on that scale. And I just want you to know that there's a God in heaven that loves you. And what I want you to do whenever you're faced with a tragedy, whatever may be going on in your life right now, I want you to do these five things. I want you to release your grief. Just take time to get along with God and just release it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to pour your heart out to God. Release your grief. Receive from others. There's people in this church family that really do care about you. You need to share some of your heartaches and your concerns, either in your small group or in, in our Sunday school class or in our church family with one of our pastors or, or one of our deacons. You need to share that. Don't go through that alone. There are people here that care. And so I don't know what kind of 9-11 experience you may be having in your life right now, but I want you to release your grief. I want you to receive from others. I want you to refuse to be bitter. It's a choice. Refuse to be bitter. Remember what's important and rely on the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Daniel, if he will, to come to the front. I'm going to lead us in a song about the blood of Jesus once again. As we have this song of invitation, I want you to think about your own personal life and where you are. And if you need somebody to talk to, you need somebody to pray with, Brother Daniel will be here in the front. I'm going to ask Brother Paul, if you would, go to the back. Some of our deacons that are out in the congregation, if you'll just go to the back. And, and your wives, please. And if you need, need somebody to talk to, you just need to step out and go back there. Now's the time to get that help. Don't allow the tragedy in your life, whatever it may be, not just 9-11, but whatever may be going on in your life right now, 
Don't live that by yourself. Share that with others. Call out to God. Release, release that grief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, right now we cry out to you. God, there's so much more that could have been said with this anniversary date. But God, I know there's some right now that are experiencing a, a 9-11 event in their own personal life right now. Their whole world's been rocked, turned completely upside down. God, I pray right now that you would speak to their heart. Help them to release that grief. Help them, dear God, to cry out to you. Help them to run to the church family where we can help shoulder and carry that burden. Help them first and foremost to run to you, run to the cross. Whatever need needs to be met here this morning, God, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's a need of salvation, whether it's a need of decisions and directions in their lives, I just pray, God, that you'd work in each of our lives today. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.